All right, we're going to get we're getting started a little bit earlier in our lesson tonight, and that is good. I've got several things to uh, try to uh, go over tonight. We have been teaching on the subject titled "Satan: The Nature of Heaven's Fallen Soul." That is the uh, name of our uh, uh, series. The nature of heaven's uh, fallen soul. We talked about uh, the devil being a fallen being, and um, and how he came about that, and his names and uh, uh, different names that he that he has. And uh, tonight we're going into part two, and we're going in part two we're going to be talking about how he works, <coughs> how he works. <coughs> And uh, so um, we're moving on to the, uh, to this part, and like I said, we talked about in in part one who he is, uh, and uh, but to, uh, beginning tonight, and I don't know if we'll finish up tonight or not, <clears throat> but we're going to talk a little about how he works. Satan is constantly on the move. He don't let no grass grow under his feet. He's constantly on the move, prowling about like a lion seeking his prey. <clears throat> Notice uh, the text that we're going to read tonight. We're going to read from 1 Peter and then from Job. First of all, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. And uh, let's see what he says there. It says, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Um, now, I've heard people get into debates whether or not the devil is a roaring lion or he's like a roaring lion, and they'll uh, they'll argue that and debate that back and forth. Well, it just says he's like. You know, and that is not they when they get into that type of a thing, they miss the whole point of what the scripture is talking about. What the scripture is talking about is the devil moves around, he's constantly on the move, he's constantly walking about seeking to find a prey just like a wild beast does. Amen. He's out looking and searching, uh, uh, seeking a prey. Notice Job chapter 1, verses 6 and 8. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Which cometh thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. You see what he says here? The Lord want to know where he came from, you know. I mean, what's, what's going on? What you been up to? He said, uh, uh, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. Amen. And then... Um, uh, that's how the devil is constantly on the move. 
and he's constantly seeking some type of prey, amen, that he can uh, 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 attack and, and to get on. If, um, if he don't get on your case today, you better look out uh, uh, real hard tomorrow. He's not going to leave you uh, alone too, too, too long at a time. Amen. He's going to stay. Uh, I've heard somebody uh, make the comment one time, well, the Lord don't never bother me. Well, you better be careful because he only bothers. He don't bother those he's already got. Amen. Hallelujah. If he don't have you, amen, he, he's after you. He's seeking, trying to destroy you, trying to take you out. And, uh, and we're going to talk tonight about some of the ways that he works uh, in doing so. And the first, first one that we're going to talk about, I know some of you have been taking uh, notes on this, the first way that the devil uh, works is deception. Deception. Now, when we talk about deception, it's important that we understand that this is the greatest power Satan has. This is his greatest tool. He uses deception more than he does anything else. He is a deceiver. Amen. Uh, and the devil can mimic the voice of God. Amen. Uh, I, back in, uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's still alive uh, now or not, but uh, uh, there used to be a, a, a very uh, good um, uh, actor and comedian, uh, Rich Little. And I mean, he, he could uh, uh, talk like, I mean, hundreds of, of people. It was amazing, uh, you know, how he could uh, talk like so many p uh, different people, and uh, he was really good at it. Well, the devil is good at mimicking God. He's good at mimic mimicking the voice of God. And uh, he will deceive you. He will use deception. He will make you think God it's God's voice talking, but you. the Bible says don't believe every spirit, but try the spirits to see whether they're of God. Don't just jump, jump at the, uh, 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 the gun, but um, if the devil comes knocking at your door trying to use deception and pretend that it's God, then put him to the test. Amen. Try, test the spirits. That's what the Apostle Paul said. The devil is very good at mimicking the voice of God, and he will cause you to believe a lie. Now, religious beliefs are some of his deadliest deceptions. Religious beliefs are some of the devil's deadliest deceptions. Think about how many people are tied up in some type of religion. And I know that you've talked to some people and you've ran across some people and you've probably got some people in your own family. They honestly, sincerely believe uh, that whatever it is that they're in, whatever church that they're in, they believe they're in the truth. 
and it's because of the deception uh, of the enemy. Uh, God, we know that God calls ministers to preach the gospel, but I'm going to tell you what, the devil's got some preachers out there too. And we, 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 can't, we can't just take everything that comes along, especially in the day and age that we're living in. We've got to test the spirits. We've got to try the spirits to see if they're of God. Uh, you take, uh, I mean, stop and think about this. Now, here we are here in uh, this, this beautiful sanctuary that God has provided. And even with our regular ones, if our regular ones that are here on Wednesday night, if they were here tonight, we would still have many uh, uh, empty pews. And with the message that we preach, a message of grace and of love and how God is willing to forgive, but people seem to be able to get more involved in something false than true. Stop and think about it. You don't come here and, and, and you don't, I, I, I'm not, I don't teach you to go get some dynamite and tie it around your waist and go out here and try to uh, blow yourself up to kill some people. But there are people who do that nowadays all the time, and they think, but they think they are taught, they have been caught up in deception. They think that they're going to have a straight ticket to glory. Now, now people actually believe that. I mean, they ain't going to go out there and blow themselves up if they're not completely sold out to that. They've got to be completely sold out to that to be willing to give up their own life. Uh, and that's, that's some of the deception that I'm talking about uh, that is in, uh, in, in the world today. Uh, the devil has used deception from the very beginning. And let's go back to the beginning and you read just a little bit in Genesis chapter 3 and we're going to read the first five verses. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, Ye shall not surely die. You see the deception there? Go on, let's read a little further. For God doeth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Deception. All the way back from the very beginning. He used it back then, and he uses it today. Amen. And the only way that we can guard ourselves about not being deceived, uh, the best way to do it is just like uh, these uh, 
bank tellers. There's uh, all kinds of um, funny money going around today. We've, we've had some come through the church here, we found out one time. Uh, I got, got a letter from all. Yeah, she received a call from the bank, <coughs> and uh, there was some money came through the offerings here, and uh, the bank caught it. Uh, and uh, it was it was some of that uh, funny money, and how that they are trained to to spot the funny money is they don't they don't have them studying the phony stuff, but they learn the genuine so well. They are taught what the real deal looks like and uh, how the feel of it and the touch of it and, and the side of it, that when they see the phony, they're automatically set off, hey, something's not right. And we don't need to be going around trying uh, to fill our minds with all of the deceivers in the world. We just need to, we need to get as close to Jesus as we can. We need to, to know him. Learn his voice. What did he say? He said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. And a stranger they will not follow. I'm telling you tonight, it's, it's possible that you can learn the voice of God so well that you will not have a doubt. If the devil comes around trying to mimic the voice of God, you're going to pick up that, uh, that devil and deception. Uh, so deception is one way that the devil works. Uh, I'm going to move on. I could talk more into that. But uh, well, I'm going to go to the second one. Another way that the devil works is through temptation. Amen. Uh, he, he uses temptation. Satan is a great fisherman. Amen. He is a great fisherman. He knows how to bait the hook to lure you into the trap. Amen. Uh, fishermen who, who go out to fish for a particular type of fish, if there's a, a certain type of fish they want, they know it's a certain type of bait they need for that fish. Amen. And so they're trying to catch that certain uh, type of fish. If they're, if they're trying to use... Uh, uh, catch a bass, or you know, if if you go, if they're trying to catch a crappie, it's a certain kind of lure that you use for that. Good fisherman knows the bait, and the devil knows the bait it takes to hook you. And we're all different kinds of fish. He may not use the same bait on me as he does on you. He's not going to use the bait he knows. That's not. I'm not going to be attracted to. Amen. He's a great uh, a fisherman. I want you. Uh, I want us to read Second Timothy chapter two, verses twenty four and twenty six. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. 
See, there's a certain way that we have to go about when we're trying to get somebody truth. Amen. He said, in meekness instructing those that oppose himself, if God preventure will give them repentance to acknowledging uh, of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare, notice that word snare, of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. <clears throat> so the devil knows how to set traps and snares. Amen. Now, um, here's, here's the key. The devil cannot tempt you except what is in your own mind. That's how he uses different types of bait. Amen. Notice what James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 says. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Amen. So what, what it's saying here, the devil knows your weakness. He knows uh, how to bait you. He probably knows you better than you know yourself. And so what we have to do, if we are honest with ourselves, we, we search our own lives daily, and we know that there's things that we have weaknesses at, then we, we ask God to help us in those areas, help us to overcome those areas, so the devil can't use the temptation to use those areas to, to trap us and to put, get us on the hook. Amen. I'm going to um, talk about one more tonight uh, in our lesson for this evening, uh, and that is affliction. We're talking about how that the devil works. The devil works also with affliction. Now, I'm going to give you a definition of the word affliction according to the dictionary. Affliction is defined as a state of mental or physical. It can either be mental or it can be physical. Pain, distress, grief, or misery. Think about that. Have you ever battled anything like that? Affliction. It is a state of mental or physical pain, distress, grief, or misery. That's what affliction is. And the devil afflicts people, sometimes mentally, sometimes physically, in ways to try to bring them down, to weigh them down, to burden them to where that they're not effective in the kingdom of God. And it's important that any time that we begin to contend with some of these things, we need to go to God to get deliverance. Amen. To be freed from that. 
Now, the scripture I'm going to use for this is an illustration where Jesus healed somebody. And it's found in the book of Luke, the 13th chapter, beginning at verse 11. And we're going to read these scriptures, reading down through verse 16. <clears throat> and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years. Now, before I go any further, there's a difference than somebody just being sick and somebody having a spirit of infirmity. The spirit of infirmity is when the devil himself has laid something on you. It's not just a regular sickness. If you've got a regular sickness, you call for the elders of the church. Pray over them and don't with oil. A lot of times we get out of order. We have to follow the order of God. If you're afflicted with something, the, the elders can come up to you and they can pour a whole bottle of oil on top of your head. It's not going to help you. It's got to be dealt with a different way. When you, You've got to have discernment to realize that there is a spirit of infirmity upon somebody. Uh, and that spirit of infirmity is an affliction. Let's go ahead and read. There was this woman which had a spirit of infirmity. She had it 18 years. She was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Can you imagine being like that for 18 years? Couldn't straighten up, couldn't stand up. I mean, just bowed down together. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. Notice, <coughs> he didn't stop with just speaking to her. He spoke to her. First, he told her that she was loosed. But then he laid hands on her too. Amen. He laid hands on her too besides speaking. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. That happened to be the Sabbath day. And said to the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doeth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox, loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom, notice this, Satan has bound. <coughs> Lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. Wow. Satan 
is the one who has done this. Amen. Uh, there was another time that there was a, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I, I could be wrong, but I believe it was a young, young boy. And the father came to his disciples to have them uh, cast this spirit out. They couldn't do it. Jesus came. He took care of it, cast, uh, cast this spirit off this child. And they asked him, said, how, later says, how come we couldn't do this? Jesus said, this kind, this kind. Uh, I preached a message one time at the old church entitled, What Kind is Your Kind? Sometimes we, have to we need to take the time to realize what's going on. Sometimes we just, we just get, uh, as my dad used to say, uh, we, get, uh, we get the cart ahead of the horse. Uh, and I try to teach people, I try to let people know, when somebody comes up for prayer, we shouldn't just start praying for them all at once until we know what we're dealing with. Amen. You might be just spinning your wheels. And if that happens, whoever you're praying for is going away uncared for. And you're going away wondering how come, well, why didn't, why didn't the Lord touch them? Sometimes we have to investigate things and ask people and talk to them a little bit further. Jesus said, this kind goeth out only by prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. Sometimes you can, you can pray a prayer, and if a person is sick, they'll be healed. I know them with all. They'll be healed, like Scripture says. But if it's a spirit of infirmity, then it gets a little bit more involved. Affliction. And the devil does afflict people mentally, physically, with pain, distress, grief, or misery. Anybody got any comments or questions tonight about what I've talked about this evening? I'm not going to go any further in this tonight. We're going to